You're listening to the Sketchnote Army Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Rohde, the author of the Sketchnote Handbook and the Sketchnote Workbook. And this is the podcast where I chat with sketchnoters and visual thinkers and try to understand what makes them tick. Everyone, welcome. And I'm here with my friend and fellow visual thinker, Andreas Gertner. Andreas, so good to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Yeah, welcome, uh, welcome back, Mike, and thank you definitely for having me. It's uh, such an honor. Yeah. If I look at all the great guests you have had so far, so thank you very much. You're so welcome, and you know I wanted to have you on because I follow you on Instagram primarily, and it's just fun to see your life. Like you, you have such a style, right? You, your, you. your signature colors, black and and a, like a bright red. And you drive, you sort of have a 1930s, I don't know, I guess, you know, GQ style, which I love. That's an era that I love as well. Uh Uh, Drive really interesting old cars and (laughs) probably have other, you know, stuff from the era, right? So that attracted me, but also your style and the way that you teach and like your whole personality really comes through on Instagram, particularly in your videos. And I thought, Andreas is a guy I have to have on the show. Oh, cool. Because you're just such an interesting person. And if people don't know about you, they should know about you and start following you. So that's the reason why I chose you. I just loved sort of the whole personality and package that you present. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really valuable to share for the community. So I always begin by asking, Andres, who are you and what do you do? Yeah. First of all, thank you so much. Right now I'm getting red. I don't know if you see it, but I'm getting red (laughs) for for your great warm words. Thank you so much. And uh, I would like to add something regarding the old car. Uh, It's a Morgan and Mm. you know what? It's two years old. It's two years old and it looks like 100 years or older. Uh, And this is something I love, something which which is new from today, but looks Mm -hmm. looks old, you know, so something i really love yeah can i exactly so the the question i have to ask you is is the morgan have modern engine and electronics or is it a new old car in other words does it have carburetors and old technology just built brand new what how do, how does that work it's a new engine it's a ford engine in there and you know okay. Uh, okay. the company morgan um they are based in uk and um, they are doing this since 110 years and they have a great sentence really? they say um, we are not changing but constantly updating we are not changing ah. but constantly updating so i i love that so much um because and i've been there to to this company and to this uh, mm-hmm. uh great yeah great factory and i was standing there when my car was built can you imagine that I was I stood wow. in front of it and it was built, it was painted. And suddenly the CEO, Steve Morris, came across and said, hey, let's make a selfie. And I was so <laughs> shocked, you know, just imagine that wow. a Porsche or Audi or Mercedes, this will mm-hmm. never happen, you know. And so, um, yeah, it's something very personal and uh, still something that I love, all, uh, even with regard to my job, to my company and to stuff, that you have to go a unique way. You know, otherwise you yes. fall apart and you are not seen. Yeah. Yeah, you're just one of one of the sea of people that's just like everyone else, right? Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. Definitely. Interesting. It it would be interesting to see. So we've mentioned this Morgan in their statement to see how that filters to your life because it feels like to me you were maybe attracted to that vehicle because of their mindset that maybe exists in you already. So mm-hmm. let's see 
yeah. if that's true. So I've, <laughs> I've interrupted you. Please continue in telling us uh, what you do. Yeah. Um, so what I do, who I am, I'm Andreas Gärtner, as you already said. And um, I'm a father, first of all, a father of two wonderful girls. Uh, I'm a husband since mm. 15 great years right now. Uh, I'm a degreed illustrator. So I studied drawing. Um, I'm a co-founder of an agency called Die Zeichner. Uh, that's uh, in English, it's mm. the draftsman, so to say. Mm. And um, yeah, I'm a graphic recorder. And I do love that what I do. That's uh, what mm. I'm doing. Yeah, loving what I'm that's doing. That's really great. So now that makes me curious about how did you end up in this place? Because many of us are uh, doing this work in one way or another, some as their primary, some as just an addition to their profession, some just for fun. Mm -hmm. um, how did you end up coming into the space? Because with so many options, you know, to mm -hmm. go in different directions, what drew you to this space specifically? Um, first of all, I listened to my grandma. My my grandma said to me a great praise. Um, she she yeah she praised me and said, "Oh, you know what? You can draw like my father." You know, and I was what really? And I started to believe that I can do something great, that I do something differently, that I have something. Uh, you know, and with this small sentence from my grandma, I think I was six years old. Uh, everything started. I uh, didn't stop drawing like a lot of other kids around me. They they said, oh, come on, that's not cool. I can't do it and stuff like that, you know. And um, yeah, I so I was addicted to draw and I felt very early on that there is something moving when you're drawing for people, that people are mm. engaged or fascinated, you know. And uh, so everything started with that. And then I was 18 and I started to work in a tattoo shop. Uh, and I know I don't look mm. like a tattoo guy, you know, because here with my stuff, what I'm wearing and so on. But uh, it was uh, a tattoo shop on the Reeperbahn in Hamburg. So it's a very, mm. yeah, it's very rough area in Hamburg. Mm. And uh, furthermore, my boss was from the Hells Angels. So it was a really rock rocker guy, you know, with big muscles <laughs> and stuff like that. If you... Um, I could draw you quickly if you watch this uh, wonderful episode on uh, YouTube. You can see how he looked, you know. He was really looking <laughs> angry sometimes. And he had something like long hair and he had big, big muscles all around him. And, you know, he, and he said to me in this tattoo studio, he said to me, Andreas, before you start to tattoo people... You have to do something. You have to draw 1,000 of these roses 1,000 mm. times, you know, because um, back then a lot of people still wanted to have this rose here uh, tattooed uh, on, on their arms and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. so he said he, he was a believer of doing, doing something and then you are better in it, you know. And so he said, mm. come on, do this 1,000 times. Uh, before that, you are not going to tattoo anybody. And I said, come on, yeah. really? Is not 200 enough or 400? And, you know, he stood there like this and he said, shut up, do it. You know, in German, it was <laughs> fressehalten, machen. You know, and I was, I was shocked by this big, huge guy um, screaming at me. But wh what I uh, took out of this was that um, doing is most important. You know, talent is often overrated 
doing yes. doing is is the the most critical critical thing the most important stuff and so this was um um yeah a thing that i that i took out of this uh, time in a tattoo studio and i even have here a postcard on my desk Fresse halten machen in Germany, you know, shut up, do it. Yeah. It stays here on my desk all the time. You know, if I start to, oh, come on, do I have to do so much? You know, then just shut up, do it. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it became kind of a, uh, a core sentence for me, you know. Mm -hmm. And after that, after the tattoo time, you know, after one year, I really skipped because um, the guys who have been there, were too rough for me you know i'm a sensitive guy so i um started to uh, to study at the university um illustration and uh, at the university here in, in hamburg i studied that you try to find your style you try to find to to check a lot of materials and to find your style to earn money with that in the future you know this is the all of the aim to find your niche or your future customer segment, so to say, where you will rock with the illustrations. And uh, yeah, this is what I loved. I studied very, very long. And um, I, um, from the beginning on, while I was studying, I um, was working for uh, companies uh, from the economy. And they asked me, Andreas, come on, join our workshop, our ideation workshop, and draw live the ideas. And this is the time where I started really to yeah to visualize key messages and to visualize ideas very fast, and that was a, a great school, a lot of um, um, uh, chances to learn to really really be fast drawing, you know, because mm. they didn't wait with with, with their ideas to is uh, yeah when I'm ready to draw it because they just made a lot of hundreds of ideas and I had to to draw them all. And so I really uh, get in touch with the economy and with companies um, while I was studying uh, um, illustration. And, um, and other colleagues or other student friends from my university, they started to draw children's books or worked for newspapers and stuff. And uh, yeah, I found my niche, so to say, in the, in the economy and, and um, mm. companies, so to say. And one of these clients uh, said then to me, um, hey Andreas, have you ever heard of graphic recording? And I said, yes, of course. Can you do this? And I said, yes, of course. You know, that was a big bluff. I, I've never heard before. <laughs> I've never heard of that. And, uh, and he said, oh, right. Then you have to do it in front of, it was really the CEO of Nestle. Uh, some years ago, oh, wow. it was so it was a huge yeah. event with 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 uh, uh, VIPs and stuff. And he said, "Okay, when you can do it, go there and draw live. Make your first, make your graphic recording." And that was my first one. I've never heard of, from it, and I was wow. what? So I bluffed, you know. Uh, but after the bluff, of course, I have to perform, you know. And then I started to to check websites from America, uh, where a lot of inspirations for me in there. Um, and mm -hmm. I started to train, to train, to look at videos and stuff. And finally, I, um, I did it, you know, I, um, yeah, it, it, it worked out. And I um, uh, was glad that nobody saw that this was the first graphic recording back then, you know. And uh, so for mm -hmm. me, it's also something because you ask, how how happened or what happened that you are there where you are right now for me it's always uh, it's also something start with a bluff and then just 
just mm. do it, you know, just perform. And um, so, and uh, after after that experience in 2015, I had the chance to make a TEDx talk in Germany uh, about graphic recording. And this one is right now, I think close to 100,000 viewers right now. Wow. They, they clicked it. And I, back then, seven years ago, I wasn't really sure what I'm doing there. Maybe you see that in that video. <laughs> <laughs> but I was we'll so put it in the show notes for sure. Yeah. I was so nervous and stuff, you know. And uh, but that was a, hu a huge thing uh, for me, yeah, to to get on the stage and start to talking about my profession, about graphic recording, and live visualization. And then uh, 2007, uh, 2015, we founded Die Zeichner, our agency. And um, yeah, as I told you, um, here I can show you right now i'm sharing mm. my screen um with mike um and you can see some pictures of what we are doing die zeichner we are there to create vision pictures strategy pictures mm. team pictures you know all stuff of visualizations to um optimize communication for our customers so this is mm -hmm. what we do and um what we really love to do is with this kind of mode because we create mm. our visuals together with our clients mm. this is what That's we great. love what we love so much you know we are together um before corona uh, be before COVID, of course a lot in one room but right now of course also digitally um we are mm. together and we draw life the ideas I, i i'm so addicted to drawing life you know to people and to make um to to bring their ideas um, to life on a paper or on a digital board. I love that so much. And um, yeah, this mm. is our mode, how we produce um, great illustrations and pictures for our clients. And let me have a look on my notes. Yeah, I 2017, I started to teach at a university close to Münster, the, the town where mm. I'm living, it's Osnabrück. And there was a great chance to um, Yeah, to teach how to use visualization for communication. You know, fast mm. sketch, fast drawing, um, yeah, to tell your story. And mm. after that, uh, a book came out for me. Great. 2019, Made in Creativity. Um, it's, oh, nice. it's, um, yeah, it's, a, it's a travel guide, so to say. A travel guide for um, companies to be more creative. And it's, mm. a, it's a book we created together, uh, a friend of mine, Reinhard Rapp and me. And uh, this was uh, 2019. It's only in German, unfortunately. It's not, uh, not in English. And yeah, the last thing I want to share with you is 2019. There was, um, I was in a TV show and more of, uh, of this kind of TV show is, uh, it's called Hirschhausen Sprechstunde. It's really hard <laughs> to listen to that when you're not from Germany, a lot of sh in there, you know, but it's, yeah. uh, it's a very, um, well-known TV star in Germany. And, uh, I was, um, yeah, working with him together, drawing live in the studio on TV while listening to the key messages of his guests and his key messages. Mm. And that was also a hard school, you know, to, I learned so much again to be more faster, to, to be much more faster mm. because I had an in-ear for the, from the, um, guys yeah. you know producer uh, yeah. from the producer and they said come on hurry up hurry up we have to see something right now 
all right, all right, all right. I'm drawing very, very quicker, quicker, much quicker. You know, and so this was um, my experience with TV, and I was very, um, yeah, honored and uh, stunned that I was uh, invited to to draw their life um, with this guy. Exactly. So this is um, where I'm now. <laughs> Wow, that's really fascinating. It's um, it's really interesting. The pattern that I see is you you talked about sort of making a bluff when you started. Mm-hmm. Probably you started that with the the tattoo, right? Because you'd never tattooed anyone before. So you walk in the shop and say, I want to be a tattoo artist. Yeah. That's a bluff, right? That's and it. he makes you work for it, right? Yeah. But then obviously you've probably tattooed many people. Probably lots of roses, right? <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. And by the way, Mike, um, the story with a bluff is really interesting because, um, yes, I went in there with a bluff, um, but I was honest, you know. I said, I, I cannot do that. Yeah. Please teach it to me, you know. And uh, then we bluffed to the customer because he said, I want to have a tattoo here. And I, and my boss said, said to the customer, oh, look at Andreas. He's a guest tattoo artist. Uh, from the Netherlands, you know, and I was what? Netherlands really okay. So, <laughs> you know, and we bluffed in front of the client to, you know, to make him calm, you know, to to relax him, yeah. the customer, that he's not make afraid. you special, you know, special You're not like a first time tattoo artist. Exactly. You're now a visiting guest artist, right? It's exactly. It, the mindset changes. Definitely, the mindset changes, and for me, and of course, from the cust- for the customer, the mindset, you know, that he's not afraid that the guy who's tattooing for the first time uh, is doing something crazy on my body, you know. And so, yeah, it's, uh, as you say it, it's a lot of bluff in my life. <laughs> but yeah. after that, always perform, you know. Yeah. I have a phrase, I don't know where it came from, but I, I talk about doing the same thing for myself. Mm-hmm. Like agreeing to write a book is uh, another thing. Like I'd never written a book. I'd help people illustrate books, but... I'd never written one myself, so it was a new experience. In fact, so much so that when when we published the book and we sold, you know, we sold the initial run mm-hmm. within nine months, I was like, "Is that good?" And my editor was like, "Yes." No, a lot of people never sell very many books, like yeah. So I had no experience. And the phrase that I sort of have come up with for myself, it's kind of silly. It's I put myself in a pickle. I guess that's maybe an English aphorism, but. The idea is that you sort of put yourself into a corner where you have to perform, mm-hmm. right? You sort of bind yourself. You you take the constraints that are around you and you sort of bind yourself in. And now the only thing left is to perform, right? So yeah. in, in some sense, it's not even like bluffing so much. It's like you obviously had the talent to do it. Otherwise, you would have, that guy would have fired you, right? Mm-hmm. He could see something in you. Yeah. So you're sort of putting constraints on yourself and then the only way is forward and mm-hmm. you've sort of, in all those cases, when you did the first graphic recording, right, you put yourself into a situation where you said you knew what it was and you could do it. But you must, I mean, by that point, you'd been in illustration school, you'd been a tattoo artist. You'd seen that you do perform under that kind of pressure and mm. you knew that that was the kind of thing, maybe subconsciously you knew that was important for you to do for yourself mm. because it would elevate you to the next thing same with going on a tv show Mm -hmm. same thing with becoming a teacher like all these things are level ups where you're you're making a bet on yourself to perform Mm -hmm. and you're sort of putting yourself in a position where you have to that's really fascinating yeah and it seems like a pattern for you for sure it's really it, it is a pattern definitely and uh for me it is like um 
you know, first, when I start, I have this room around me, you know, it, it's a small room where I feel comfortable and I fill this room. And when I do something new, um, we said we called that bluff. But if it's something like you enter a new room and now it's the time to fill that room, you know, fill that room with your passion, with your power, with your yeah. performance, you know, and, and, and with that, you are getting bigger. You know, you fill that room and then yes. you're, you're even bigger. And, and, and there's then the next level, the next room around you that you have to fill. And um, so I'm, I really love this kind of get myself, mm. uh, set myself under pressure to fill the room yeah. or to, to perform. And then I grow. Um, and this is really, um, and I'm mm. always getting nervous, but in a good way, you know. Uh, in a yeah. good way, nervous that I, I think, oh, there's something in there. I have to perform. Yeah. And um, in that time, my kids and my, my wife cannot talk to me because I'm on a focus, you know, I'm in a flow. Yeah. And I think and this is really, it's a good good thing to get something done, you know. Hmm. Yeah. It's an interesting tidbit. I used to have tropical fish when I was younger. And something that I always learned is you uh, you try to get the biggest tank you can afford because some fish if you put them in too small of a tank will never grow to their uh oh. to their mm. ability right so if you get so a fish has a certain size that they typically grow to i guess carp maybe <laughs> maybe they bypass this rule like maybe they can get big because <laughs> there have been giant carp that live in in rivers and such yeah. right and for yeah. hundreds of years but for tropical fish like if you don't give them a big enough tank they will have a stunted life right they will not grow to their full potential mm. so you really need to keep on like as they get older or you need more of them you need the space like there's a certain amount of space per fish that you need to provide mm -hmm. and it sort of struck me that in some ways you're like putting yourself in a new tank with new water so mm -hmm. that you can grow and you can stretch yourself a little bit more that's really fascinating mm -hmm. Uh, yeah pattern that you're following continue to follow yeah that's a it's a good um a good picture in my mind i will keep that from you with a small mm. fish in a small tank make a big yeah. tank and the big fish it's good it's great i love it um but of course you have to go out of your comfort zone you know it's so uh it's such an old sentence leave your comfort zone but it is mm -hmm. as it is you know um You have to 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 leave that where, where you think you are safe, uh, and then yeah. you can conquer a new room or a new, um, as you said, tank for the fish. You know, um, that's something really important from my point of view. I almost hesitate. Like I, my my initial reaction is uh, that's part of life, mm -hmm. but I think in reality the statement is that is life. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not growing, right, you're you're shrinking in some mm -hmm. ways, or you're not. Another thing that I remember is when I first did public speaking. I, to, I was really nervous, but once I got into the flow of it, I was like, ooh, this is really fun, mm -hmm. right? This yeah. is, I could do more of this. And I told a friend who is a pretty established public speaker, and I said, I had this really weird like um, nervousness when I went up to the thing, but once I got into it, I felt pretty good. And he's like, yeah, that nervousness is all the energy you have mm -hmm. because you're excited, but you're not really sure where to put it yet. Mm -hmm. So if you... If you get up on the stage, he told me, if you get up on the stage and you feel nervous, that is a good sign. That means yeah. you've got energy. You mm -hmm. can now redirect that in a positive direction. And that always stuck in my mind whenever I would go on a stage or speak that this is what it's all about. And it would sort of remind me like, you know, this is this is a real honor and opportunity to speak to people and share your story or 
teach ideas or whatever. And mm. it's always come to mind that this is like all this energy you've built up and you just have to let it out in a positive direction because then that helps other people who are listening to maybe do the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's really fascinating. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Uh, the the nervous, the, to be nervous is, um, yeah, it sets you on fire and then you are there right now you are there. Yeah. Um, but of course you have to be prepared that you are not too nervous to perform, you know, right. that, that it's not in your way to be, uh, the best you in this moment, you know, and I have a, such a, um, A bad story. Uh, I was so nervous before a, a public speaking thing. I, I think something like 100, 200 people uh, in, in the audience. And I uh, went up and I talked about this uh, Made in Creativity book, you know, the key messages out of our book. I was on stage and I was so nervous that my voice is getting low or, you know, that I, am, mm. I don't have enough water in my mouth. So I had a, a little pill that in my mouth before I went, went on the on the stage, a little pill that I can easily uh, en enjoy, like a sugar, sugar thing in my mouth. And then it mm. creates mm -hmm. uh, some wetness in my mouth, you know, and The, the host said, okay, right now, Andreas on the stage. And the little pill was not gone in my mouth. It was still there. And I went on the, on the stage and I said, ah, oh, to myself, oh no, I cannot have something in my mouth. I cannot speak. Oh my God. And I wanted to put the little thing out of my mouth and it <laughs> fell on the floor for the first row of the people, you know, just imagine that somebody is going on the stage and throws something out of his mouth. <laughs> from the stage and I was oh my god what I've done you know and but this was really cool because the audience saw that I was nervous and they said oh come on chill easy everything is fine and then I mm. I performed in a way but uh, there this was a point where my where I was so nervous that I stood in the in the in the way of mm. performing you know yeah. I see it's interesting like maybe the in some ways like spitting that thing out <laughs> in some ways could have been good right because um, it's like, what's the most embarrassing, worst thing that could happen? Spitting something out in front of the crowd, right? Like you just got it out of the way. And now it's like everything can, you can only go up from here, right? If That's it. Bottom, exactly. Now you can go up. Oh my God. Uh, they, 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 they have been shocked. I think the audience, whatever, what, mm. what's up with him? What is he doing there? <laughs> Spitting at us? What? Oh man, really? That's hilarious. <laughs> so I'm really now we've talked about how you got to where you are which is yeah. pretty cool um, what's next for you do you is there anything that you're sort of that's getting you excited now that you want to talk about that is in the future that um, you know is, that is ahead for you yeah um, yeah there is of course um, something that is in the future that is in my mind and I, I started something uh with that right now uh, because i created an online course um with um it's in german but it's uh, an online course mm -hmm. for um yeah to to get in the best performance mode for a graphic recorder i call it the 10 steps to be a, a graphic recording pro mm -hmm. and um what i'm doing in this five hours videos is sharing with you all I experienced in my um, 17 years of visualizing key messages very quick. Mm -hmm. And uh, I share that with you. And this is something mm, I took out of the uh, pandemic, you know, out of the um, out of this this situation we are in. And this I want to do more of that to give to share knowledge and to 
yeah, to do something live, maybe on YouTube as well, to do live mm -hmm. visualizations and just go in this sharing mode, you know, to share the knowledge and the experience. So this is something um, I really love to do in the future. And what I also love is to leave this graphic recording huge mur mural thing, you know, the, the giant boards uh, of drawing on, on big events. Yeah. Right now, I love to draw on small shapes, you know, small shapes. We call that share notes. We also have a website for that, sharenotes.de, if you would like to, to mm. see what we are doing there. And um, what we're doing is I'm, I'm drawing key messages on small piece of papers, a lot mm. of them, and we are uh, loading them up to an online gallery so that um, the participants can download them immediately. And after that, we are printing them on postcards so that if people are on an event live, they can take their key messages with them and they can choose, you know, instead of, okay, now I have a huge picture from the artist, so to say, um, here it is. You can choose what key message was for you the most important one. And so this is something I would really uh, enjoy doing more in the future, you know, to mm. change the format on which I'm, I'm working. And um, what I furthermore love is this stuff, what I said about our agency, Die Zeichner, how we create visuals, because we call that graphic meetings. It's uh, like a visual workshop where we listen to our clients, we ask questions, we listen and we draw. And all at the same time on this um, uh, digital board um, or live, you know, in, in front of our, our clients. But what really um, fascinates me in this graphic meetings is that they start to talk to each other and they start to clarify the issues they have. You know, they start to talk about the strategy, the vision, the team building stuff. And we bring that to the wall. And while it's on the wall or or, or uh because it is on the wall, they can see it and change the way to talk about it. And um, in the end, we go always out with a very fast sketch of the final one, uh, which we then, you know, finalize in the studio. But this is the graphic meetings is something I really, really love and would also do more in the future. And there's the last one, Mike. Donation. I started a donation project um, in uh, yeah in, in December. I started this, and I said to guys and uh, girls and followers, you know, I said I will draw you. I will make a portrait out of you. I will draw you, and I will donate for that thirty euros for each portrait um, to uh, two organizations. The first one is a, um, a child children hospice. Um, mm -hmm. in, in Münster here in our town and the second one is um, Doctors Without Frontiers and mm -hmm. um, with that project over 5,000 euros came together and we could donate them to uh, to these great organizations you know and, and it was so much fun to draw all these people all these followers who sent me their favorite photos and I made the, I yeah. made a sketch out of them I, I drew, uh, draw them and it was really that was cool. And that donation project, I would love to do this more uh, in the future to do something good with drawing, but not just earning money with it, but giving back, you know? Mm. Yeah. It seems interesting to me that every one of those things I think that you mentioned is some kind of an interactive activity. So you're working yeah. with companies. You're In a lot of ways, you're facilitating this mm -hmm. discussion. You're encouraging them because they have the feedback loop of the drawing. You're asking questions. So you're involved in that. The same thing with the drawing, right? People got a drawing. 
you got the practice and the fun of doing it. And then these charities received money, which helps them with their mission, right? So mm. this idea of like layering things that you like together and then being interactive mm-hmm. seem like really a heart of, of where your practice and your work is at and where it's heading to, which is really yeah. great. I love to I hear love, that. Yeah, I love these, as you said, Mike, the interaction with people. I love, I love people. I love people, really. And I love to talk to, to them and to fascinate them while talking to draw or to draw the, mm-hmm. to draw their ideas. And I love these mm, children's like look in their faces when they start to, to see that, oh my God, yeah. he's drawing what I'm what I'm talking there. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. I love that so much, really. Yeah. Yeah, that's the best feeling, isn't it? That's the best feeling. Definitely. Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to shift a little bit in our discussion to a question that I thought I would only have to ask for a little while, and that is, how are you dealing with the <laughs> pandemic? What are some activities that are helping you when you're in lockdown or you can't do the things you like? What are some things you're doing to compensate to help keep your spirits up and in an effort to like maybe give other people ideas who are listening? Hmm. Uh, there's one habit I started um, really early at the pandemic, it, and it started all with this book from Robin Sharma. It's uh, mm. Robin Sharma, and it's the 5 a.m. 5 a.m. Club, 5 a.m. Club, and um, mm. I love this book. And I started a new habit. It's getting up early, 5 a.m., and do your workout. You know, a, a workout where you just start to sweat. After that, meditate, and then start the day. Perform, perform the best day mm. ever you can do. And this is a habit I really created in this pandemic time. You know, get up early. Mm. Do something for my body, for my health. And uh, even this meditation thing, I never was able to do it, I thought. But in the pandemic, you know, this silence in the morning is so helpful and so mm. whew, fills you up with uh, so much good stuff in these times where so much crazy things happen. And so um, mm-hmm. this is a great habit, what, which really changed my life in a way. I'll start mm. with mm. this great book here. Yeah, interesting. Well, we'll have to definitely uh, share the show notes so people can yeah. check it out. It's I've been getting up earlier as I get older, so this is kind of attractive <laughs> to me. Is um, yeah. I have young kids that go to school in the morning, so uh, uh-huh. being up before them would be nice because I could do all this work. I used to be a night owl. It's funny. I used to stay oh. up late at night, and that was my that was my peak time. And it's okay. changing. I I I'm falling asleep earlier and. So my body, I think, is telling me that maybe I'm becoming a morning person and maybe I should really make the jump to 5 a.m., right? And yeah. really go for it. That's interesting because because now I have um, the hope that my wife also maybe will change sometimes because she is really a night owl. She is sitting there, yeah, yeah. I don't know, you know, very long time in the uh, at night and I go, yeah, get up so early. So sometimes we miss each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. That's probably the only, the only downside is, right, having to go to bed so early to make the 5 a.m. means you maybe mm. you miss time with your wife. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's uh, that's sometimes hard, you know, because at, at 10 p.m. I want to go to bed, you know, and uh, of course, so there's not a lot of time to have a great, real huge dinner with a great movie mm. afterwards, for example. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, the, the power I get out of this quiet mornings Ooh, that's just really um enormous yeah that's cool i mm, love it that's a that's a great suggestion i think mm-hmm. um 
for someone who's listening maybe to yeah. try, especially with, you know, with the year beginning and having an opportunity to start some new practices and habits. So, hmm. And it's always also something, you know, my little postcard here, shut up, just yeah. do it. You know, it's also something I look at this card, shut up, do it. When I, oh no, when I get up in the morning, oh, it's so early, I'm cold. No, I don't like to. Come on, shut up, just do it. You know, it's really, this little card helps me a lot <laughs> to get up That's there. really good. Yeah. Motivation. And, and there's another one. Uh, another thing is... Um, this what we all experience who are working in this visual uh, world uh, visualizing for clients this less travel thing is really something that um, uh, you maybe have heard a lot but it's it's really also from my side it's uh, these less travel have more quality time for the family really phew, changed also everything for me and uh, had yeah. yeah it and there came something up in 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 my mind that the travel Time, you know, this huge amount of lifetime you spend in the train or a plane to go to the customer, that have to be more expensive. It has to 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 be more just more expensive to be there from my point of view. Um, yeah. Versus just click on a button. Here I am. After that, switch it off, and I'm at my family's and at my family desk uh, or yeah. with my wife and kids. So there's something regarding business changed for me with a. Yeah, with the money I want to to earn, mm. which is something I can make here from my office or when I go to the customer, you know, to the to be physical mm. there. So this is also a huge change. Mm. Yeah. So so the in person is super high value, and they're accordingly is charged in that way. Yeah, which makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah, from my point of view. And um, I look at my notes. Uh, I have something also very um, important is this video call thing. I think that right now, Mike, we both see each other with this video call and um, mm -hmm. I can I can see my clients and my clients can see me through this video calls. And so they can see directly what I'm doing and what, I, what I'm able to do. So from my point of view, it's also um, to sell your your um what you are offering you know to sell your uh, skills to the client is much more easy with this video call stuff because it's so mm. just one click you are there you can see each other and uh, you can show what you can do for them and uh, this mm -hmm. is for me also a door that was kicked kicked uh, up or um, open by the pandemic you know these uh, because because before the pandemic the clients were not really They didn't like that, you know, to switch on the camera and stuff. No, I don't want to be yeah, that, that yeah. you can see me. But now it's no problem. And uh, you can perform or already before they are your clients, you know, to mm. show what you yeah. what you can do. Interesting. It's sort of like um, the pandemic in some ways forced like a level of uh, technical skill that wasn't required before, right? Now yeah. everyone has to have a camera of some kind. Yeah. Everyone has some tool, Zoom or Blue Jeans or whatever, mm. um, right? These like the I like to say like uh, Uber couldn't have existed until there was uh, mobile phones, GPS, and probably payment systems in place, right? Mm. The combination mm. of those three were required because you needed a some kind of mobile phone to show and GPS to show your location, uh, so that the car could find you, and then yeah. the the payment system so that you would have this escrow and all those. It's like all the pieces had to line up at the right time and then that could happen. In some ways, it's going to be interesting to see in the future 
uh, how this forced change across the whole world all at once will impact communications going forward. I think it already has, as you've noted. Mm-hmm. But it'll be interesting to see where else where else does it go. Now that we have this foundation, what else can we do with that? Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be fun to see. This episode of the Sketchnote Army podcast is brought to you by Concepts, an infinite canvas sketching app built for tablets with a stylus, like the iPad Pro, Microsoft Surface, and Samsung Galaxy Tab. Concepts Infinite Canvas lets you spread out and sketch in any direction. Everything you draw in Concepts is a flexible vector, so you can move your notes around the canvas or change their color, tool, or size with a simple gesture. Search Concepts in your favorite app store for infinite, flexible sketching. It makes me think about um, the next question, which is tools. We're at the point in the podcast where we talk about tools. And I'm going to start with um, analog first, because I think you still love analog as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, pens, paper, pencils, and then switch to uh, digital and the kind of yeah. tools that you find useful in your digital practice. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, I have just um, analog. I have only it's a one tool or two tools. It's just mm. um, it's it's a gray it's a gray marker or let me see mm-hmm. you know yeah it's from Neuland um, but mm-hmm. the the kind of marker or the brand is not really necessary to know but it's the color that makes for me a, a difference because it's gray and I use a dark gray a color code 105 from Neuland I love this color code because it's not so light but it's you can see it good and then there's the black one it's a black marker this one is from Neuland as well and uh, but you can you can choose whatever other marker you want to to, to take gray and black gray for your visuals for the illustrations and black for the text black for mm. the words for the key messages this is my um something that changed a lot in my graphic recordings and changed a lot in the quality of my visuals from my mm. point of view and from the point of view of my customers because with this Two things, you create two levels, two levels of information. You know, the gray one uh, is the visual stuff, uh, fun stuff. But the black one, this is, you know, we do this to, to to get the content on the paper. You know, content is king. So I take the black one because you see it right from the beginning very fast. And then the gray one to support the key messages. Mm. Um, so, yeah, this is really easy tip favorite tool for you but for me it was changing a lot um, to switch Mm. from just black everything little color here it is because then the eye is really has to search okay what what is important Mm. Uh, hopefully you have you've chosen the colors right so that i have a structure if not oh my god i'm i'm lost you know but uh, with this gray and black you already in the creation of the visual can do this level work you know of uh, of information and this is so from my point of view very yeah it's uh, ch- it changes a lot in your drawings hmm. Hmm. interesting is there a certain paper that you like do you just use rolls of paper do you use a4 printer sheets like is there anything special about paper you use or you just take whatever's available I yes copy paper is okay if, for example if I do my um, share notes the the short uh, format form or the small format form I can use copy paper but I I'd like to take a little thicker ones you know like 100 mm. and 
eighty degree, uh, one hundred eighty gram uh, in Germany. Yeah, in so quite thick. Yeah, so quite thick because it's it feels more. It, it feels more like a, like an artwork, you know what I mean? It's not yeah, so yeah. cheap, a little uh, thin paper. So this is the only thing, white and, yeah, 185, 80 uh, gram in Europe, uh, in Germany, mm. I would choose as a paper. Probably approaching a cardstock almost, right? It's got a little bit of a snap to it. Okay, like cool. When you snap yeah. the page, it's sort of thick, yeah. So, uh-huh. Interesting. Very good, yeah. And um, for regarding the digital tools um there is first of all one that is changing my way to communicate with you also uh, mike because um it's a teleprompter you know this maybe from television and stuff you know that mm-hmm. that little mm-hmm. thing with a mirror uh where text is rolling down that you can read something right now i'm not reading text but i'm seeing you because i have the teleprompter right here in front of me and behind that mirror is my webcam so that I can see mm. you and you see me, you know? And it's not like, mm. hey, how are you, Mike? Nice to see you, you know? And then just look back <laughs> and stuff. It's This is not good communication. And uh, so this is for me a digital favorite tool uh, yet in this online video call world to make a difference mm. uh, in communication. So it's on your mm. eye level and then teleprompter. And the teleprompter... There has to be just an iPad or stuff laying laying under the mirror. So and then I have yeah. connected the iPad uh, to the Zoom meeting, um, or mm. I have I started the Zoom meeting on the iPad, and then I see I see you right now, and I look in your mm. eyes as if we mm. met each other personally here right now. So now is this a special? The question I would ask is on the teleprompter. Okay, many people have an iPad. I've got an old iPad Mini. Maybe I could use. Mm-hmm. Um, is the mirror sort of translucent? So in other words, the the mirror shows is it must be below the camera, or something, mm-hmm. or is it actually? Are you sh- you're not shooting through it? So, but it must be at a certain angle to show this properly. That's mm-hmm. it's um, actually you shoot you shoot through you shoot through it. Oh, it's hard for okay. me to that's to what I wondered. It. Yeah, but but you shoot through it actually. So the okay. webcam is directly. Hide it behind so that with behind with a, it, yeah. Behind it, behind the mirror, with cloth, black cloth around it, and mm. um, and and I can see the small light that the camera is on, and um, yeah. we are talking. Uh, but that's it. The rest is just mirroring oh. up from the iPad um, laying down there. If if you want, I can give you the link to. Um, to the yeah. product I bought at Amazon, but I'm not an affiliate. I won't earn money with that. But if you're interested, yeah. I can um, send you the, the link that you can put in your show notes, maybe. Yeah, I think for many people in the graphic space, whether you're doing it professionally or just doing it for fun, mm-hmm. this is becoming a requirement. Like there's so many meetings, like I've upped my, my technology as well. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I have a camera that's mounted to the wall mm-hmm. and it's sitting right here and pointed at me. And it's a little bit off from the screen, so I have a little R2-D2 on top. And so yeah. it, it refocuses me here. But it would be interesting to have a teleprompter in this whole setup as well. So yeah. I'm really curious to see if this would work in my setup. And I think, as I said, people are looking for ways to up their, improve their game in whatever little ways they can. Because, again, you said that's the thing that sets you apart. If it feels like 
you know, I like working with Andres because he always seems like he's talking right to me. Mm-hmm. And they have no idea that you've got this little <laughs> tiny technology trick yeah. that makes that a little bit better. And it makes mm-hmm. it feel like you're looking at me and you're paying attention. And it changes that that little thing. So when we're so flat and two-dimensional, those little tiny things make such a huge difference oh, yes. in improving the quality. And the we're trying to manufacture an in-person inv- uh, experience out of a flat two-dimensional mm-hmm image mm-hmm. right so anything you can do to make that better is huge a huge impact right so yeah definitely mm-hmm. and and you can um the first step if you don't want to buy this teleprompter thing of course you can take your webcam or stuff and put it really close to the camera you know so that you mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. the feeling of you look into the eyes um but all the rest you have to do is just go to youtube and and search for for it because this is also it a big thing for me to that I learned in the pandemic everything is there all the knowledge yeah. on, on YouTube you know I my whole yeah. setup here I just watched YouTube a German guy <laughs> I watched it and I said oh yeah. really this teleprompter thing <laughs> came from this German YouTube guy you know and he said oh that's so cool and I was yeah I said really let's do it let's let's order it so I ordered it I built it up and it works so you know it's everything is there to create your great stuff um all the knowledge all the tips all the cool pros who have really uh, to know which camera which light and stuff um it's mm-hmm. all there you don't have to buy huge books or whatever in and you don't have to study that and it works it's really cool mm-hmm. yeah yeah i agree are there any other digital tools you wanted to mention today any kind of drawing tools or apps or anything or yes um, I would really love to share my um, yeah my beloved Miro board with you. Um, mm. Miro is Miro is just you know um, it's just a white it's it's a whiteboard a digital whiteboard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's not ending so it's um, you know it's a wi- endless whiteboard Forever so canvas, to say yeah. mm-hmm. exactly and what I'm what I do what I can do here um, regarding drawing is really limited but I love it so much uh, so it's just you know you can choose some colors um, you have a pen uh, and what I really love with uh, Miro is that you you can present like that just imagine hmm. that these little squares I made here right now uh, on the Miro board are are your PowerPoint slides or stuff and you could could yeah. put them in here and then you can show your slide i don't know what what you what you show there maybe the mountaintop or the vision whatever i don't know and you show yeah. it and uh, you could add immediately some comments some comments around that or you can start mm-hmm. to uh, i don't know to draw something right now uh, in front of your audience to have a great presentation mm-hmm. and this is why i love miro or all whiteboards so much you can present and you can um, convince people because you can draw live. They can see it. Your hand is not in the way of the camera and stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, you are really limited regarding the art stuff. So it's really, you're fast with that. And um, I did also um, recording, visual. So my, my, my work, my um, graphic recording, I also did in a Miro board. And we did mm. it all, um, even to with nine colleagues, nine colleagues at the same time in one wow. Miro board. We uh, collected um, drawings from eat from more uh, working groups, collected them in one board, and it it works. It's really fantastic, uh, and mm. it is 
you can you can collect there so much um, knowledge and preparation of a project and stuff you can put pictures in there um, so this is yeah my favorite tool digital tool to work with clients and to to convince them from my work so that they um, mm. so that we get in touch to it with each other and uh, have make a, a job together yeah well, that's pretty interesting. I've used Miro quite a bit, but not in not so much in that way. Mm-hmm. Using the drawing tools, I'm a big believer in really limited, simple tools because I think it forces you to, as you say, you get fast. Mm-hmm. You don't have so many things to distract you. Oh, I should do this special brush, or you don't have it. You just yeah. have to <laughs> communicate your idea, right? So, and then the the addition of like being able to drop images and sticky notes and have it a collaborative space. That's really interesting. I think. Uh, there could be some real uh, fun that people could do, even with an iPad Pro. I yeah. know there's uh, clients for iPad Pro, which you could probably do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could that this could be a breakthrough for someone who's mm-hmm. uh, maybe they're using Miro at the company and they never thought, hey, I could do drawing in there. This could be yeah. your opportunity to do that. That's really great. Exactly. the The iPad Pro is perfect for working with it, or. Um, uh, I have here um, a big Wacom screen. I'm working on it. Um, a graphic, um, yeah, desktop here, um, graphic uh, tablet where I'm drawing on it, and it works with the iPad Pro as well. Very, very good. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's not it's not it's not the limit. You know, there's no limits. You can put everything in there, and you can draw yeah. live and uh, present. And this is cool. I'm. I'm really uh, impressed by that little tool, um, the, mm. this digital one. But of course, there are a lot of other companies out there, you know, like you name the mural, mural, for example, or concepts or stuff like that, where you can work in mm-hmm. the same way. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Um, so I'm going to shift again to the next question. And this is a this is the tips question. Mm-hmm. The way I like to frame it is, imagine there's someone who's listening or watching who is into visualization, whatever that means to them, they're excited about the space, but maybe they feel like they've hit a plateau and they just need a little encouragement from you, Andreas, to bump up a little bit, 1% better, 2% Mm -hmm. better, 3% better. What would be three tips that you would give that person to help them move to the next level? So the next level would be the first thing would this would this be you know these two Mm -hmm. levels of information use gray and Mm -hmm. you use black so this for me was more than just one percent um optimization in my work so this is an easy one just to try it out two levels of information gray and black Mm -hmm. Uh, then there's um the second tip from my point of view is um you have to practice so shut up do it this is the, the, sec- <laughs> the second practice, uh, the second tip from my side, because it's if you don't if you don't do it more than just once, you're not getting better. So uh, it's you know it's it doesn't matter if you if you make a if you are playing a piano or doing sports, you have to to um, do it more than once, do it twice, and and so on and so on, and, and then you are getting better. So this is the second tip: shut up, do it, <laughs> and the third one is um, make your drawing or sketching process visible to the customer. Mm. Make it visible. Don't hide it. You know, like, oh, it's, 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 my, it's my only, uh, um, you know, it's nobody can, is allowed to see what I'm doing here. Um, yeah. You have to, to, to think about that for the customer. It's so much value to see you drawing, you know. Um, mm. 
and he sees what you're doing. So this is a huge step from my point of view to, yeah, to, to get into the pro mode, you know, to the, into the professional uh, area where you show the process of drawing and share it with your client. In, a, in the first call, for example, the first call where you get to know each other, start to draw and show it while you're mm. talking. This is really, um, it's like a rocket, you know, that starts from the bottom because the client sees what you're doing and he said, and he, he thinks or she thinks, wow, what a, what a professional one. You know, she or he is, is drawing while we're talking. Oh my God, I want to book this guy or this girl, you know, yeah. for the next yeah. uh, sketch note event or stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So these are yeah, that's, my that's great. three tips. Yeah, three wonderful tips. Thank you for sharing. They're all and they and it's interesting because they all come from the discussion we've had. It's just a distillation of uh, different points in our discussion and then brought back to you know the present into these mm-hmm. three tips. So it's really cool that you've tied them all together in that way. So Andres, how could, what is the best place for people to find you? Websites, social media. Are there places where you tend to hang out more than others? Um, of course, you know, the um, standard ones. So Instagram, LinkedIn, I'm there, of course. Then YouTube, um, I have not a lot of videos in there, but it's a promise there will be more uh, in this year mm. coming up. So if you want to join YouTube, then you see me in action. And of course, there is um, my online course with the videos. There you really can see all the tips mm. and all um, me yeah drawing life and showing what i experienced and can tell to you and uh, of course uh, our website from our agency dezeichner.de um, in the show notes i guess they will be will be uh, listed yep. up down there mm-hmm. so just have a look uh, what we are doing here in germany um, with with our uh, skills of visualization mm. well that's great and i i suspect people will be coming to see you when they hear or watch this episode uh, to learn more. Um, mm-hmm. Keep on keep on doing the great stuff on Instagram. I just love, once in a while, one of your teachings will pop up where you have this music playing and you're doing drawing. <laughs> and it just like, it makes me smile. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, I just, yeah. I'm smiling. Oh, yeah. I'm having my coffee. I'm like, oh, Andreas is having fun with this environment. So definitely yeah, check cool. that out for sure. Yeah. What Now, remind me again, what would be your handle on Instagram? We'll, of course, have it in the show notes, but... Yeah, it's, um, oh, pff, I think it's Andreas Gärtner, uh, a small underscore. Uh, line, underscore, and then official. This is official, my, okay. Uh, official, yeah, because there are a lot of Andreas Gärtners in oh, Germany. Of course, in there. yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, there, you just add official and then you can find me and see me okay. dancing while I'm drawing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, we'll, and of course, we'll have show note links. So, you know, if you're listening, you can pop over and see those right away, so. Well, Andreas, this has been so much fun. You know, we've had fun talking on this on this podcast, and I, I so appreciate the work you do. I appreciate your attitude and the way you welcome people in. I think you're really a, a benefit to our community, and you know what you're doing is so helpful. And I'm I just want to say thank you, thank you for thank you doing so much, that Mike. and being on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm a big fan of you. <laughs> well, thank you. It's, uh, right. I'm a big fan of you as well. So, well, for anyone who's listening or watching, that's another episode of the Sketchnote Army podcast. Until the next episode, this is Mike Rody and Andreas saying goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. The Sketchnote Army podcast was created by me, Mike Rody, and brought to you by Rody Design Studios. 
It's produced and edited by Alec Polianis of Amp Creative Studios. The theme music was created by John Schiedemeyer. To support the creation of this show, I invite you to buy one of my books, The Sketchnote Handbook or The Sketchnote Workbook. You can find the books on Amazon or go to peachpit.com and use the code RODI40 for 40% off. Please share this podcast with other visual thinking friends and be sure to leave a nice rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app so others can find the show.